This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, friends. Welcome to our final and last installment, the last episode of our series on understanding the Holy Spirit. I'm very excited. I'm actually recording this from my hotel room in New York because uh, we had a beautiful gathering of people from our East Coast family, those that watch online and consider the Father's house their home. We did a worship night. We did baptism. And I just want to say, in going through the series this week with you guys, I feel like it has prepared me to just celebrate what God is doing, not just in our particular corner of of the world, but what he's doing across the globe. And so I just want to say, if you have been here for day one, two, three, four, five, and now six, I am so proud of you. Honestly, the stuff we're talking about is deep. There are so many Christians, there's so many people, so many churches that just won't even touch the topic. And I firmly believe when we apply the principles of our lives, we can literally grow leaps and bounds. So for our final installment, I want to talk about the gifts of the spirit. Week one, I told you that the spirit of God was the gift. But today we're talking about the gifts that we have access to through the Spirit of God. There is so much on this topic to discuss. Honestly, we could spend weeks, months, even years unpacking the gifts that God has given us. But I wanted to whittle this down to some key gifts that people might have some issues on or need clarity on. Uh, Matt and I are so excited about you walking in spiritual gifts, and we're passionate about this. And we get our understanding from spiritual gifts that God is giving us from the Apostle Paul. And you've heard me mention him before, but this man is smart and educated from a strong pedigree. He was also humble and filled with God's Spirit and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. In fact, much of our understanding on the Holy Spirit comes from the teaching of Paul. So if you brought your Bibles, I want you to open them up. And if not, I'm going to read it over us. But this is really important. I really do hope that you spend time with your Bible and your notebook because I want you to understand. So Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. And this whole teaching, this whole chapter, really explains this. We don't have time to get into it, but the early church, much like Christians today, were confused or wondering about the gifts of the Spirit. So Paul is writing to this young, budding, growing church, and he says this, now about the gifts, in verse one, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Some translations say, I don't want you to be ignorant. Know who gave you the gift, know why you have the gift, know when you use it. So Paul writes in Ephesians 4, Romans 12, and 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 to explain the who, the why, and the when. And so I encourage you to read those chapters on your own next week. But in our time of or the podcast together, I just want to be straight up and tell you that there is so much that we can discuss about the gifts of the Spirit. It literally can be a whole entire series. So I'm going to give some scriptures and I'm going to give some examples. So that's what I have for you today, scriptures and examples. Sometimes when we talk about supernatural things, it's sometimes hard to believe. And I get that. But today I am a witness and I will testify to the things that I have seen and learned and practiced and even heard. I shared with you all about the retreat that I was on that my mom invited me to when I was about 
almost 25 years old. It was there that I heard about the Holy Spirit in such a normal and simple way that I wanted to receive the Spirit and operate in the gifts that Paul said was promised to me by Jesus. So some of the questions that are coming out of our podcast community is, should I feel different after I've been baptized with the Spirit? Or what are my gifts? How do I know it's God speaking to me? Now, I've had some of those same questions because some people around me during that time uh, when I had asked to receive the Holy Spirit, some some women around me were maybe emotional or crying and, and the way that they were praising God and they were filled with joy and I felt nothing. So I kind of felt like, well, does that mean I don't have the Spirit of God? After I left the retreat, I wanted to know more. I started reading books about Holy Spirit. I went to workshops and prayer meetings. I even reached out to a few women from church who I knew operated in particular gifts, and I prayed for God to reveal my gifts to me. Almost an entire year later, I was at a youth conference after one of the night sessions, and there was worship, and the pastor said, hey, if God has put a word or a verse in your heart, come up and share it with the room. Well, some people were going up and in between worship songs, they were, you know, giving verses or a word of encouragement not to give up. And during this one particular moment, there was worship going on. And so my eyes were closed. And as my eyes were closed, I saw these like big white letters and it spelled out S-E-X. Now, I opened my eyes in shock and I was thinking, like, why am I thinking about sex during worship? But let me just clarify, I wasn't seeing the act of it. I just saw the word and I was like, what? Bianca, get your mind out of the gutter. What is going on? And then I was reminded about something I heard from a lady at church. She said, when we were talking about the Holy Spirit, I said, how do you know it's God? And I will ne- never forget her phrase that I want to share with you. If you know it's not from you, ask the Lord if it's from him. If you know it's not for you, Ask the Lord if it's from him. So then I was like, oh, okay, God, what do I do with this information? Now, I don't recommend doing what I did because it's not even biblical, okay? But I had no clue what to do. And so I just prayed this prayer. God, I'm going to open my Bible and I'm going to pick a page and I need you to confirm that this is from you. I now refer to that as Bible roulette. I do not recommend doing that. I don't recommend that that's how God speaks to you. But in my stupidity, in my naivety, I do believe that God was faithful because I had opened my Bible and it landed on Job 31 verse one. And the verse was, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. Now, y'all, I can't explain it to you, but it was like a divine download took place. And it was like my cranium opened up and I had this word, this information, and I knew it wasn't for me. But I had this information that a youth pastor who was there in the room was having an affair with another youth leader that was there. And I heard this phrase, though I did not hear the voice of God, but I heard this phrase in my head that said, bow out or the Lord will do it for you. And I was like, okay, God, what do I do with this? Well, I knew the coordinator of the conference. There was only two people I knew at this entire conference, and one of them was the coordinator. So I went up to the pastor, and I was just like, hi, I I think that this is what's going on. And he looked at me, and he said, well, great, go share the word. And I was like, me? You want me to share the word? I, I don't think I can do it. He said, well, if the Lord revealed it to you, be faithful and speak it out. And I was just like, okay. So... I stepped onto the stage, the room was dark and the lights were just on the worship team and the worship leader kind of saw me and kind of pulled the music down to a lull and I just spoke very clearly. I said, I believe that there's a youth pastor in here who is having an immoral sexual relationship with one of the youth leaders that is also here and the word of God has come to me and has told me to bow out or he will do it for you. My hands were shaking. My heart was pounding. I walked off the stage and it was like, 
like the room changed. Now I don't, I didn't know then what I know now, but I'm a feeler. I feel when atmospheres change. I feel, I feel when the room changes. And after I said that, I like, I literally felt as I walked in the darkness back over to my seat, I was just like, the enemy came for me. And now I didn't know it was the enemy, but I heard the lies like, you need so much attention. I cannot believe you did that. That was such, you, you just ate a bad burrito. That was not God. And I was so ashamed. Like I sat there and it was dark. And so maybe like five or 10 minutes, like continuing on to worship, I just scooted out the back of the room and I went to my cabin. Well, an hour and a half later, there's this knock at my door and it was like, it was like forceful. And I kind of jumped for a second. I went to open the door and it was the coordinator of the conference that was like, Bianca, where'd you go? We've been looking for you. The youth pastor and the person that he's having an affair with came forward with much contrition and a broken heart and they're stepping down from ministry. But they, they felt like they felt like it was a blessing to them because they've been walking with the shame and this burden. And I was just like, thank you for letting me know. This confirmation feels really great. And I closed the door and I literally was like jumping, jumping. And I wasn't even wearing a sports bra because I was in my pajamas at that point. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, God, you spoke to me. God, you spoke to me. So God gave me a, and we're gonna explain this. God gave me a word of knowledge that bring freedom to others and faith in me. And that's what operating in the gifts do. We get to be his hands. We get to be his feet. We get to be his voice to share what God has for his people. And, and let me tell you why this week has been so so important, not just the week that we've been studying, but today as we end, because there are still people who don't want spiritual gifts. They feel like they don't need spiritual gifts or they're fearful or don't understand spiritual gifts. But let me remind you why this week has gone on. And specifically for those that are part of a church, let me tell you why we gather as a church. But we gather together in community, in person and online to be filled and equipped and empowered to live the life that Jesus promised. Church has somehow become a place where we could feel momentarily better about our lives or about our situation. Church has become a religious obligation to appease, whether it's our spouse or our friends or our kids. Church is, it has become something that we do for our social outings or relationships or a weekend routine. But that is not why the church of God exists. The church of God exists to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, to bind and lock up the work of the enemy, and that you could be freed and released to impact and change the world for the glory of God. You can struggle with that commission and you could try to do it on your own and in your own flesh, or you can be empowered through the gifts of the spirit. The Holy Spirit has come upon, remember Epi from day one, Epi has come upon and is overflowing in our lives. As we will read in the verses that I'm about to unpack, we possess gifts of the spirit that we have access to. Let me just let you know that there are gifts for you and this gift, the gift of his spirit and the gifts that the spirit of God wants to give us is for you. The reason why I chose the letter of the Corinthians is because it reminded me so much of kind of just like my context with church. Now, like I said, Ephesians 4, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, they all talk about the gifts, but we don't have a whole lot of time. So let me just stay in one camp out in one passage. But it resonates with me in this season of our life because I feel like our church, we're, we're approaching our third birthday and I still feel like we're kind of like in our toddler stages, like young and dumb, but growing and full of passion. You know, we have a bunch of new believers and baby Christians that are going deeper in their faith. And I just want to make sure my heart is to equip and give language and an understanding about the gift so that we can walk empowered. So let me begin with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. These gifts are a blessing to you for others. 
Yes, write that down. These gifts are a blessing to you and for others. On day one of the series, I shared with you about a time that I was given an upgraded car from her to the Atlanta airport. It was a loped out, drop top, black on black Mercedes Benz with rims. Now, did I own that car or was that car entrusted to me? Now, I signed the contract stating I would steward the car and take care of it. It wasn't mine, but it was entrusted to me. Well, the same is true of the gifts of God. They are not ours, but we steward them. I do believe that when we ask for spiritual gifts and grow in them, the Holy Spirit will give us what we need when we need it. Now, I know that there are people from different backgrounds and some people are new to the faith. So I think it's worth having a quick conversation on the difference between talents and a spiritual gift. Okay, so jot this down. There's a difference between talent and spiritual gifts. And I want to bring clarity to that. Now, what's the difference between talents and spiritual gifts? Well, God is the source of both. So now we're asking the flow or the channel. Well, here's what it looks like for talents. Talents um, are genetic and sometimes it involves the environment or training, right? But spiritual gifts, that's given by the spirit of God. Okay, so who gets them? Who gets talents? Who, Who gets spiritual gifts? Who gets them? Well, God gives talents to everyone, but spiritual gifts are only given to believers, Well, what's the purpose? The purpose of talents is to glorify God. The purpose of spiritual gifts are, yes, to glorify God, but we have the additional dimension of glorifying God and building the church. Well, when? When do we operate in these? Well, when do we get these? Well, we get talents at birth. It could be genetics. But we get our spiritual gifts when we become Christians and the Holy Spirit is in us. That happens at new birth. Remember that first baptism? We say yes to Jesus, his spirit comes in us. And I'm going to say when the spirit comes upon us. So the question is, well, do these cease? Well, talents can't cease. Again, it's genetic. But spiritual gifts can cease. Because they are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. If you grieve the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit stops acting in you and acting in me. And so the expression of the spiritual gift can cease. So. Now that we've clarified the difference between talents and spiritual gifts, let's break this down. The triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, gives us gifts not so that we could feel better, act better, or look better. These gifts are given to us. We could equip the church and build each other up, not tear each other down. So Paul lists roughly 25 gifts of the Spirit. And you don't have to agree with me on this next statement, but that's okay. That's okay. I I can sit at the table and we could agree to disagree. Some people will argue that these gifts that Paul mentions are the only gifts. And if Paul didn't write them, then they're not a gift of the Spirit. However, when Paul wrote to the Romans, he listed several things. When he wrote to the Ephesians, he wrote he wrote several other things. When he wrote to the Corinthians, he wrote other things. So Paul isn't saying this is the list and nothing else if it's not here because he wrote different things to different churches. Now, what was he doing? He was crafting messages that pertain to each community. So the Corinthians list is the most exhaustive and comprehensive list. So that's the one that we're going to read together. So let's continue on. We started with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. Now let's pick this up in verse 8. To one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom. It's a gift of wisdom. To another message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. It's a word of knowledge. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing of spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to another still the interpretation of tongues. As I mentioned, Paul lists out roughly 25 gifts in his letters to the early church. If you're taking note and like to get things clarified, let me help organize and compile these gifts so they can be broken up in easy ways for us to understand. Now, you might have different categories and people might give them different labels, but for sake of our podcast and just to make it easy, I broke them up into three categories, motivational gifts, ministry gifts, manifestation gifts. Okay, so let's break that down. Motivational gifts. We see that in verse four. 
And what does that mean? It's how God works in a believer to shape their perspective on life and motivate their words and actions. So these gifts activate and motivate the church to action. Well, what are these gifts? These are the gifts of serving, giving, organizing, and mercy. Paul explains this in Romans chapter 12. Again, I can't reference this enough. Please reference the other verses. Okay, so then let's go into ministry gifts. We see ministry gifts in verse five that we just read. It's how God works with what a believer does to serve and meet the needs of others. These are the people and tools used to build up the church. They are practical, essential. They're the can-do types of gifts like evangelists, pastors, ministry leaders, teachers, apostles. And what is apostles? That's a mission focus. That's a building focus type of people. And we read more about them in Ephesians chapter four. And then lastly, the manifestation gifts. We just read that in 1 Corinthians 12, verse six. But it's how God works through a believer in a situation to demonstrate his supernatural presence and power. Now, these gifts are manifested for the benefit of others and to bring God and to bring God glory. These are gifts like miracles, faith, healing, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit or gifts of the Spirit, we naturally and normally go to the gifts that feel foreign to us. So like no one's freaked out or has an issue if someone has the gift of mercy or the gift of administration or the gift of leadership. The ones that people get tripped out about are the ones like healing, the gift of tongues, gift of interpretation, or miracles. Because we don't have time to unwrap all the gifts, Paul mentioned, all the gifts that Paul mentions, I really want to spend time looking at the manifestation gifts because those are usually the cause of most confusion for people. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. All these things are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. So let's talk about some of these gifts. The first one I want to unpack is prophecy. For the note takers in the place with style and grace, prophecy is a message of encouragement from God through a person. So to clarify, like if I'm talking to my staff, if I'm talking to my team, or if I'm talking to friends, I will say things to clarify that this is not a prophetic word. And to make sure that people understand, I'll say things like, hey, this is for me and not God. But I sense or I feel or I see A, B, and C, right? So we have to be careful with prophecy. Now, I've taught this before, but prophecy, if you look at the word prophecy, it means to speak life, that's what it means. Prophecy means to speak life. And sometimes people throw out this God card and make it like hyper-spiritual, like I have a prophetic word, thus saith the Lord. Hey, if it's not God, say it's not from God and it's you and it's just something that you have insight on. But if it's from God, say that it's from God. We speak out life. We call out the potential in someone or their future in the way that the Father God would do it. And I have heard prophetic words that are castigating and heavy and horrible. And I'm thinking, is that from you or is that from God? Because prophetic words should sound like a good father loving his good children. Prophecy is speaking out life and potential in the way that God sees them. I believe that we should ask for this gift. Why? Because 1 Corinthians 14, 31 says this, Paul says, for you all can prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. Okay, let's look at the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is a message from God in a language unknown to a person through whom the message comes. So the gift of tongues uh, it's to a people or a person, scripture believes that scripture will state that it needs interpretation. So let's distinguish between the gift of tongues and the grace of tongues, okay? So the gift of tongues is to people or a person, and it needs interpretation. Scripture is clear about that, that there should be one to interpret because it's for a group of people, right? Well, the grace of tongues is to God. It's a prayer language. And so they can sound the same, but who you're directing them to delineates where, 
when and how you are to operate in this gifts. Okay, so the gift of tongues is for a, a person or people and requires interpretation. The grace of tongues is a prayer language that I get to communicate just to God. So the gift of tongues, it could be used in prayer meetings um, with mature believers. Um, we have pursuit nights, which is like our worship and praise night. And we just ask that there it is done in order. And if a tongue is spoken, that uh, there is an interpretation. Now, I have never, we've never had like some crazy breakout at church. In fact, I don't even think that in our baby infantile, we were only open for 16 months before we had to close down for COVID. But I don't think anyone spoke out a, a, a spoke out in tongues. But the reason why this is important is 1 Corinthians 14, 27 says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at three most should speak one at a time and someone must interpret. So if I'm speaking tongues over someone or to someone, we need an interpretation just to let them know what it means because it is actually another gift of the Holy Spirit and it requires interpretation. And what is that gift? Interpretation tongues. We'll get to that in a second. So we can pray in our heavenly language. The Bible tells us to pray in the spirit and begin to pray in new and deep ways. We pray the mind of the father. If it's between me and God, I am praying in this, in this grace gift that God has given me. But we have to be careful when we do it in large settings. So 1 Corinthians 14, 23 says that all prophecy is in our known language. So it would be, if you're listening in English, our prophecy should be in English. Then check out verse 23. So that if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and new believers, it says inquirers or unbelievers, people who don't know Jesus, if they come into these prayer meetings, they come into church, will they not say that you're out of your mind? So we have, the, we have the uninformed and we have the unbelieving coming into our church doors. We want to reach out to them. We don't want them to think that we've lost our mind. We don't want to make them be fearful. When we know the when, where, and how, we can operate in this gift. So let's go to interpretation of tongues. Interpretation of tongues is understanding or expressing the intent or thought of the message in tongues. Note, this is interpretation, not translation. If tongues is practiced in front of the uninformed, the baby Christians, there must be an interpretation. Look what 1 Corinthians 14, 5 says. It's to build up people. We don't have to tear someone down to build up ourselves because verse five says this. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the whole church may be edified. Does that make sense? So Paul's encouraging us, hey, prophecy is in English. Prophecy is in your language and everyone will know it. And if you speak in tongues, ain't nobody gonna know it unless there's interpretation. Okay, let's move on to the gift of faith. Faith is a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. Now, I love this gift. I have the gift of faith. It is a supernatural belief. I'm not special. Everyone has access to the explosive gift of faith. I promise you. God is breathing in a situation. I refer to that as faith. Now, faith isn't foolish wishing or hoping or, you know, just vain hoping. No, no, no. It's a conviction that God will do this very thing. Let me tell you this. I know I sound crazy and I don't care because I got the gift of faith. On my way to church, there's this freeway. It's the 57 freeway that I drive to head to the Father's House, Orange County. And on this freeway, on the left side is the Angel Stadium. On the right side is Honda Center. That's where the Anaheim Ducks play hockey. It's a huge arena. It's a huge arena in the round. And every time I pass by, I feel like one day we're going to have a church service in there. And I'm going to tell you, mark this day, mark this day. When we have a church service at the Honda Center, it will be to the glory of God. And because people had faith to pray and believe that God's going to bring his people and there will be revival. Okay, next is gifts of healing. What's gifts of healing? It's a supernatural endowment of divine health. 
Now, you can't open a gift if you don't have it, right? So we need faith for this gift. And I just want to jot down in your Bibles, don't don't believe me, I want you to jot it down, circle it. Is it the gift of healing or is it the gift of healings? It's plural. I believe that God can heal through man, medicine, or a miracle. But I believe that we need faith. We need faith for healings. I know I'm going to sound crazy, but you guys, I saw it with my own eyes. So fast forward after me having a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit. And then the first time that I heard the Spirit of God spoke to me at, the, at that youth conference, a couple of years later, I was attending my mom's women's conference and her women's retreat, actually. And she had invited me to kind of lead the time of waiting on the Lord through prayer and worship. And I began to grow in the gift of hearing from God in, re in regards to words of knowledge and prophecy. And as I was praying, preparing, it was the weirdest thing because this has never happened to me before. It's never happened to me since. But I knew it was a word of knowledge, which means something was divinely downloaded to me that I did not have knowledge of before. But I knew somebody in that room was HIV positive. And... I remember a verse that the Lord gave me. And you you guys, yeah, this is crazy because you just don't want to get it wrong, you know? And before giving this word, I had prayed. I said, God, this is not a word we want to get wrong. I believe that you want to highlight this person because there's so much shame and exclusion. And this person feels so like left out and so sinful. And I believe that this was a consequence of their life decisions before. And they're just super embarrassed. I need you to confirm that this is from you. And I felt like God had given me a verse of confirmation and um, same thing. It was a Saturday night evening session and I was I, I was just so afraid. The Lord had given me other words and I spoke those out first because they weren't as heavy and crazy as this one. And at the end, I said, I could be wrong, but I believe that there is somebody in here who desperately needs a touch from God. You need a healing from God and you are diagnosed. You are HIV positive and we want to pray and believe that you will experience healing. And from the back of the auditorium, in the very last row, I hear a wail that I will never forget. It was like when someone experienced something that they weren't expecting, like it was a guttural wail. And it wasn't frightening. It wasn't like a, ah, it was literally a release. And she stood up. And I just knew that word was for her. Um, the women from the retreat rallied around her and we began to pray. I mean, we began to pray for supernatural healing. I didn't know what the Lord was going to do, but I had faith. And that's all that the gift of healings requires. And I told people, y'all, I was savage. I said, if you do not have faith that this woman can experience a miracle, will you sit down? Do not touch her. If you have faith, if you have the gift of healings, if you have faith, go over and put your hand on this woman's shoulder. So we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. That was the last I ever saw of that woman until a couple months later. Um, it was dark in the room. I don't even remember what she looked like, if I'm honest with you. A couple months later, um, this woman came up to one of the pastors there on staff. She was brought by a friend. It wasn't even her church. And the retreat was with women she didn't even know. But she came and drove to our church and she met with one of the pastors. And she said, I was at the women's retreat and a woman had said, that she believed that God was going to touch me and heal me from AIDS. And, oh, and then she told Pastor Abel that she came back and her HIV was negative. And I know I sound crazy. <laughs> and I, please hear me. It wasn't me. It was not me. The Lord used me through the word of knowledge 
and use others with their gift of faith and use others with their gift of healing so that women can experience freedom and that our faith could be bolstered. So I just, I can't help but give scriptures and tell stories because that's all that I have. And the last one I want to kind of like touch on is miracles. Scripture refers to this as the working of miracles. Let me kind of pull it together here, friends. Definition of working miracles is divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. That's what we witnessed. So faith led to healings that led to a miracle of that woman being completely healed from HIV. I just firmly believe that I don't want people to manipulate, manhandle, misrepresent the spirit of God by the manipulation of gifts. I believe that God wants to give us these gifts and he will give us these gifts when we're ready. And I think that there's certain people, some people will say, no, no, the gifts are not for today. They died in Acts chapter four, Acts chapter two. No, 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 that was just for a moment. And then other people will say like, if you don't have all the gifts, then you're not even really saved. Like if you don't speak in tongues, you're not even really Christian. I I just, I really want to adhere to what Paul says to work out our salvation, to work out our own salvation to the glory of God. That's what I want us to do. When I had my first encounter with understanding of the Holy Spirit, remember I shared that story of going to youth group when I was 16 years old, and it was a mess. I mean, they were telling the kids, you have to speak in tongues, you have to speak in tongues, and they were forcing people to like lay on the floor. And I just, the the rebel in me was like, you're not going to tell me what to do. And then this girl came up to me. She was in like a youth group with me. She's like, this is how you speak in tongues. You say, should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. And you just say it really fast so the youth leaders think that you're speaking in tongues. Should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. And I'm not even kidding you. Like, that's that's what she told me. And I was like, bump this trash. I'm out. Ain't nobody gonna force me to do what this is. I can say on the other side, I do not want anyone to feel manipulated or misrepresent the gifts or manhandled by anyone else. I want you to go on your faith journey. I want you to operate in the gifts. And I want you to be selfish with asking God for spiritual gifts. I want you to, now scripture says don't be selfish. I get that. But we could be selfish for gifts that are from God. God, I want all the gifts. I want an extra dose of your Holy Ghost. Give me everything and begin to see what gifts God reveals to you. Now, how do you know that it's from him? Well, if it's not from you, ask if it's from him and take a step of faith take a step of faith. Friends, it has been my honor. It has been my privilege. It has been a gift to be able to talk about a a topic that a lot of people don't want to talk about. Now, I don't think that these podcasts are going to be the highest rated ones. You know, I just think that they're going to be a gift. And I think if you said yes to day one, two, three, four, five, and six, your life's going to be different because of that. Now, if you're into numerology, six is the number of man. Seven is the day of completion. So friends, that Sunday, this Sunday, Day seven, I hope your booties are in the house of God. Whatever church you go to, do not quit. Do not be lazy. Don't think of excuses. Get to church. Get to the house of God and begin to ask God to reveal his gifts to you. I love you, friend. Thank you for being on this journey with me. 